0: I remember when I was growing up as a child, Christmas to me meant gifts, new toys, clothes, shoes, gadgets and more toys. Of course there will be parties and lots of delicious food. Christmas in my child's eye meant to me a lot of things that it's about me, things that are given to me. But as I grow up, I realize that the true meaning of Christmas is not really about me or about you. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about God's love for the world and God's hope offered for the world. And that is the first Christmas. Today we'll be trying to understand and reflect what Christmas really means and what it means to us today. So today we'll be going through a passage in the book of Matthew as we reflect on the story of that first Christmas. Matthew chapter 1 started telling us the story that the baby Jesus was born and he was named Christ as the Savior of the world. Chapter 2 tells us that Jesus is now a child. He's no longer a baby. And they are not in a manger anymore or a stable, but now they are living in a house. So Jesus is roughly about two years old when Matthew chapter 2 begins. Chapter 2 also gives us at least three types of characters three types of groups of people that gave their response to the baby jesus so as we go through these three characters i want you to reflect and try to understand how would you have responded to jesus the three characters involved in matthew chapter 2 where king herod the chief priests the magi and all of these three gave different responses when they heard about the birth of Jesus Christ. Let's begin with King Herod. King Herod is the first character that we are introduced to in Matthew chapter 2. During the time of Herod, it was the time when Jesus was born. It was also uh, a time when King Herod was very, very insecure with his position as the king of Israel. He was known as the king of the Jews. So when he heard that there was this wise man from the east coming to look for the king of the Jews. He was disturbed, he was alarmed, and he was very, very angry. You see, 60 years before Jesus was born, the Roman general Pompey conquered Israel, conquered Jerusalem, and the rest of Palestine. Romans, actually, they assign or appoint rulers in every city or nation that they have conquered. So the appointed ruler for Jerusalem was King Herod. So he was known as the king of the Jews, even though he was not fully Jewish. He was an Edomite. And so he was there knowing in in his heart that he's not really the rightful king. He was not a descendant of the throne of David. So Herod knew that he was not the legitimate king of Israel. That's why he was very insecure, he was clinging to his power, and he would make every attempt and effort to destroy or hinder or stop anyone or any movement or any person to try to usurp his throne. So when Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, He was so uh, selfish, he was ruthless, he was a dictator, he was a bad person. In fact, he was always suspicious of others trying to take over his position as the ruler of Jerusalem. He even killed his own wife, killed his own brothers, because he suspected that they were rebelling against him. That's how bad this King Herod is. For a man like King Herod, He was incredibly paranoid and suspicious all the time. So when this wise man or the magi from the east came, he was really plotting against this so-called king of the Jews, a baby born in Israel. In fact, he was willing to kill that child. He was willing to make a plan that will destroy this uh, possible usurper, a legitimate heir to the throne of David. Then King Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search of the child. As soon as you find him, report to me that I too may go and worship him. So because King Herod felt threatened, he plotted to know where Jesus was born, the exact location so he can send his soldiers to kill Jesus Christ. That was found in Matthew chapter 2, verse 16. In fact, Herod carried out that plan. All children two years old below were massacred because of Herod's insecurity, because of his selfishness, and because of his arrogance. He didn't want anyone to replace him as king, even though he knew that he was not a legitimate king of the Jews. So when the true king of the Jews was born, he wanted to destroy, he wanted to kill Jesus Christ, even as a baby. But of course, in spite of all his efforts to stop God's plan, he could never Win against God's will, God's purpose for Israel. You see, King Herod represents many people today who are hostile against God. This hardened heart of rebellion against the king represents many people today who doesn't want God's way. Instead, they wanted to cling to their own ways. Like King Herod, many people today are angry at God. They hate the Bible. They hate Jesus Christ. They don't want to have anything to do with Christ as King, as Lord, and as Savior. Every time they hear something about the Bible and about God's love and about Jesus Christ's offer of eternal life to people and salvation to all those who will believe Him, some people just frown upon that and some people actually actively oppose that. And so there are people today who are King Herods. In fact, there is a King Herod attitude in, inside each one of us. In our heart of hearts, we are rebellious. We don't want God. We Unless God's grace and God's love reaches out to us, we will not even think of God or think about His love for us. And by the way, there are people who are threatened, like King Herod, threatened about Jesus Christ. Because they feel like if Jesus takes over their lives, if Jesus becomes the ruler of their lives, if Jesus becomes king of their lives, they will lose their comfort, they will lose their power, they will lose their possessions. They still want to be at the center of their world. They wanted to be the king instead of making Jesus king. Are you a king, Herod? Do you have that King Herod attitude? How would you respond to Jesus? How would you respond when Jesus, when God invites you to make him king of your life? The second group of people who responded to that first Christmas, who responded to knowing that Jesus was born, the baby Jesus was born, where? The chief priests these were the teachers of the law these were the experts of religion they know the bible they know the law of moses they know the will of god they know where jesus is to be born in fact when king herod asks, do you know about this king of the jews where is he to be born what's the prophecy about this king they know exactly what to say they have mastered the bible These chief priests are masters of the prophecy. They know that there is a promised Savior, there is a promised Messiah, a soon-coming king that will deliver, will be the Savior of the nation of Israel. They know. They know their scriptures. They know their Bible. They know exactly that Bethlehem will be the birthplace of the Messiah. But they don't seem to care. They did not even have interest When they heard that there is a group of magi, of scientists, wise men who came from all the way 900 miles away from Israel. They came from Persia, from the east, and they are inquiring about the king of the Jews. These masters of the law, these chief priests and teachers of the scriptures, they don't even care. They did not even wanted to find out if these magi know what they're talking about. They didn't even join the inquiry or the exploration in Bethlehem about this rumored king of the Jews that was born. Some people are like these chief priests. You know, we know God, we know the Bible, we go to church, we know the religious uh, teachings, we have mastered all the Bible verses about Christ. But many people does not seem to care at all. We know God but we are not, we don't love God. We know the Bible but we don't have a relationship with the God of the Bible. Are you one of the chief priests? Is that how you are responding to Jesus? It's easy to see, especially at this time of the year, that most people, they can sing Christmas carols, they know the Christmas story, they will attend Christmas worship and Christmas gatherings, but they have lost or they have missed the true meaning of Christmas, which is Jesus Christ. Just like the chief priests, they know what to say, the right words, the right things to believe in, the right understanding of what God wants for our lives, but they don't have Jesus Christ. They don't have a relationship with the God they know. They just don't care. What a tragedy if you belong to this category. You know Jesus, you go to church, you mingle with the people of God, and you understand what God says in the scriptures. But your heart is far from God. Your life is not centered around Jesus as King and Master and Savior. That's very sad because we who actually know and understand the true meaning of Christmas, but we are devoid of the Christ of Christmas, our lives end up in tragedy and misery. We feel empty. We feel our lives are meaningless and purposeless. Why? Because... We know Jesus, but He is not the captain of our ship. He is not the king of our lives. So so many people today go through the motions of Christianity. So many people today go through an intellectual understanding of God. Many people today, they just pay lip service about who Jesus is and what Christmas is all about. But they don't really have a love, intimate, deep relationship with the God of the universe, with King Jesus himself. Actually, that is a dangerous place to be. When we know the truth and we are familiar with the truth, but in our hearts, we are indifferent to the truth. We are apathetic or we don't even care. Are you one of the chief priests? Do you go through the motions and the spirituality and the religiosity that is around you? You understand Christmas, but Christ is not really in your heart. The third group that we notice in Matthew chapter 2 are the Magi. This last group of people I want to talk about are the Magi who came from the east looking for the born king of the Jews. These Magi were likely from the kingdom of Persia. They are probably astronomers who understand the stars, but they are also probably religious leaders and philosophers who read the ancient manuscripts. They have probably read about Daniel and Jeremiah and Ezra. These are the people of God who lived in Babylon and who lived in Persia. And so people in Persia are familiar with the writings of the Jews and the prophecies of the coming king of the Jews. So, these wise men were not magicians, they are actually scientists, they are astronomers, they are philosophers, and they are great thinkers. They are very, very familiar with the prophesied coming king of the Jews. Of course, they, didn't, they did not have all the facts, the Jews are more familiar, so that's why their search for the king of the Jews, it's like they were passionate and interested and they were seeking for this coming king. And by the way, they were willing to give up everything just to find this king. The trip itself is difficult. 900 miles of travel by land from Persia to Jerusalem looking for the king of the Jews. They gave up their comforts. Their friends probably laughed at them for finding something that, People do not understand following a star, understanding the the messages of the stars or some ancient writings. So, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On the coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and myrrh. So these magi, they were not not Jewish, but they are so excited. They humbly bowed and worshipped once they found the king of the Jews. Not only did they know the prophecy about Jesus Christ. For example, in Micah 5.2, this is what they said. This is what they know. Out of you, Bethlehem, will come one who will rule over Israel. They also probably know the prophecies. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. So when God sent a star to point to the birthplace of the King of the Jews, to the birthplace of the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, the King, Jesus Christ, the Savior, was born on that first Christmas day. These magi were wise enough to leave everything, to seek this born King of the Jews, this baby who will one day save the world. They follow the star, And they worshipped, they bowed down at his feet. This is a direct contrast to the response of King Herod. This is a direct opposite to the response of the chief priests and the teachers of the law. These magi were seeking God with all their hearts. They don't fully understand everything. They don't have answers to all questions. In fact, it was a difficult journey. It was very uncomfortable for them. They they probably do not even understand the Jewish culture, a new place for them, Israel. But they are willing to do this so that they can find God. Some people today are like the Magi. They are seekers of God's truth. They are starving to understand this Savior that was born to save men. And women from their sins. So they are these type of people, they are not only studying the scriptures, but they are seeking God of the scriptures. Amidst all these teachings and all these readings about religion, about the Bible, and about spirituality, they are actually interested not only about the God who spoke through the book, but actually to have a relationship with the God of the book. They are aware of God's work in the world. They are sensitive to the leading of God. People like this Magi, they have hearts that are willing to obey even when it's difficult. They They have hearts that are willing to bow and worship and surrender to the will of God even when it costs them pain and suffering and even when people laugh at them. So people like, People who have this response, like the Magi, response to Jesus Christ, they are the ones who are willing to lay down their lives. They are the ones who are willing to count the cost. They are the ones who do not want religion or just a mastery of the scriptures or an understanding of religion or just knowing the story of, the, of Christmas. They actually want Jesus. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus they want. Are you a Magi? So today, as we celebrate Christmas, and as we reflect on the Christmas story, we have three encouragements for you and for me. How do you respond to Jesus today? Will you be like King Herod? Will you be like the chief priests? Or will you be like the Magi who bowed and worshipped? At the feet of the baby Jesus, who was born as King of the world and Savior of the world. Remember this. God so loved every person in the world that He sent Jesus Christ to be our Savior and our King. God invites all sinners to respond to His offer of love, forgiveness, and salvation. Jesus Christ is the greatest gift of God to our broken world. He is the true meaning of Christmas. So, if you, like the Magi, recognize that Jesus Christ is the one you need for your life, that without Jesus, your life will be like a ship without a sail, a ship without a captain, always being tossed by the wind and the waves, no meaning, no purpose for existence. If you, like the Magi, have understood that we need Jesus Christ in our lives, for Him to be the center and the purpose for our existence, for Him to be our King, for Him to make our hearts His home, to make Christmas in our hearts, then these are the three responses that is being invited to us today from this story in Matthew. First, search for Christ in faith. All of us must make our own journey in discovering and finding Jesus Christ. Like the Magi, we are invited to meet Him personally. Not just listen to stories and rumors and talk to people who know about Him, but for us to encounter and meet Jesus personally. That's the heart of Christianity. Being a Christian is not about religion. Or about following rules or about joining a religious community or a church or behaving in certain ways with do's and don'ts the heart of christianity is jesus christ it's a relationship with jesus christ us encountering him and experiencing his love but we have to come to him in faith we have to trust him for our salvation for our forgiveness to believe that what He did for us on Calvary, that His payment for our sins on the cross, benefits us and saves us and forgives us and makes us right with God. That's the heart of Christmas, that God sent the greatest gift so that all of us will be reconciled to God, that our sins will be forgiven, that we will experience the love and the salvation that is offered by God to all people in the world. That's Christmas. This is the second invitation today in light of what we heard. Surrender to Christ in worship. The Magi worship Jesus. They sacrificed their time, they left their homes, they went on this great journey, difficult journey in a rough land. They sacrificed their comfort and, and they are willing to risk everything only to discover Jesus. So in order to find Jesus, they were willing to give up their convenience and their comfort. That's a challenge for us. Now once we decide to follow Jesus, no more turning back. No more trying to uh, find our comfort and our, con- our convenience. Those things do not matter anymore. What matters most is Jesus. To love Him. To worship Him. To bow to Him. To follow Him. To obey Him for the rest of our lives. That is the relationship that we seek. We are meant for that relationship. Our lives will be empty and meaningless. We jump from one relationship to another and one spiritual high after another and one experience of happiness to another only to be feeling empty all over again. Because without Jesus Christ, there's no fulfillment in life. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Anyone who eats me will never go hungry again. That's a metaphor for our starving souls. Jesus said, I am the living water, streams of living water. Anyone who drinks of me will never be thirsty again. That's an invitation for fulfillment and purpose and meaning in life. That means no amount of Wealth or pleasure or sexual achievements or accomplishment or excellence in life or gadgets or toys or whatever it is that we glory in this life. No amount of things in the world can actually make us complete, can make, actually make us satisfied and fulfilled. Only Jesus can. That is the message of Christmas. We bow to Him. We worship Him and we recognize that He is true life. Everything else is false life and shallow happiness. This is the third invitation. Submit to Christ in obedience. When we obey Jesus, that means we will experience difficulties, suffering, and pain like He did. That means people will laugh at us. That means people will resist us and oppose us and bash us or maybe cancel us because we love Jesus and we follow Jesus. This is what happened to the Magi as well. Their lives were threatened. They are at risk because of this jealous, selfish, and ruthless King Herod who wanted to kill Jesus, who wanted to kill the Messiah and the King of the Jews and probably wanted to kill the Magi as well. That is why they were warned by the Lord to take a different route. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Can you imagine that? They were willing to obey God even when this new route is probably dangerous, unfamiliar, and probably more expensive and more difficult because this route will keep them safe but it will give them more pain and more suffering and more difficulty but they were willing to obey that's actually the heart of the christian life that our lives are not meant to be always happy and joining on a bed of roses and always fun and joyful all the time of course that in, that is included in our experience of god But the Christian life is more often a life of carrying our cross, a life of turning the other cheek, a life of sacrifice, a life of obedience even when it hurts, a life of giving even though we don't have anything at all, a life of serving others even when when it hurts and even when it's difficult to do so, a life of loving God and obeying God even though we go through suffering and we go through opposition and persecution. That's Christianity. It seems that Christmas is telling us that the message of God is really all about Jesus. It's not about our comfort or convenience or the blessings that we seek, but it's about the blesser and the king and the savior who wants to give us true life and true love and true peace. So, remember that God so loved every person in the world that He sent Jesus Christ to be our Savior and our King. God invites all sinners to respond to His offer of love, forgiveness, and salvation. Jesus Christ is the greatest gift of God to our broken world. He is the true meaning of Christmas. So today we talked about three important things uh, invitation for us from the book of Matthew in the Christmas story. Because the king is born, we are invited to search for Christ in faith. Have you trusted him as your king, as your savior, as your God, as your master? Trust Jesus today. Surrender to Christ in worship. Have you bowed to Jesus knowing that when you do, you will sacrifice a lot of things, that you are willing to love Him with all your heart even though you will lose the love of the world, the love of your friends, and people will hate you because of Jesus. The third invitation is to submit to Christ in obedience. The point of the Christian life is not just to follow God, but to follow God with all our hearts. It's not just about to seek God, but to seek God earnestly and sincerely and deeply. It's not just about... To love God, but to love God with all our soul, with all our strength, with all our being. I pray that today's Christmas celebration will bring you back to the true meaning of Christmas. That today's Christmas story and reflection will bring us back to the reason for the season. And that is Jesus Christ. He alone can save us from our sins. He alone can change our lives from darkness into light. He alone can give us a new start, a new beginning. He is God's gift to you. I pray that you trust Him, you worship Him, you obey Him. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the first Christmas You gave us Jesus Christ, the greatest gift that You gave to this broken world. I pray, Father, that we will respond to Him like the Magi did. I pray, Father, that we will be humble enough to realize that it's not about us. It's not about our comfort, our convenience. It's not about what we can get or the blessings that we can gain. But it's all about our lives surrendered to you, our lives finding fulfillment in you, finding purpose in Christ, and finding meaning in this world, in this crazy and dark world because we have Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you. May you make our hearts Christmas, a place where Jesus is born, a place where Jesus is King. May you make our lives, Lord, ruled by Jesus Christ, surrendered to Christ, to His purposes, to His plan, and to His love for our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Christmas. We love you. We praise you. We honor you.